Hello and welcome to the Backseat Watcher podcast, the show where the biggest entertainment superfans decide what they would do if they were in a movie or TV series. I'm your host, Matthew Hada, and today I'm joined with Annie Hall and Madeline Paley to discuss all things Avatar The Last Airbender. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Madeline and Annie, thank you so much for stopping by. How are you? Hi, Matthew. We are good. How are you? You know, doing good. Um, I know both of you are huge Avatar The Last Airbender fans. Madeline, what got you hooked onto the series? I actually started watching Avatar when it came out uh, when I was a kid. I forget how old I was or what year it was, but I remember in elementary school, me and my brother would watch it after school um, with my parents and my parents were also super invested in it and I've been watching it since I was a kid and then I rediscovered it kind of in uh, high school and then in college I showed Annie. Annie what hooked you onto the show? Um, Well Madeline said it she showed me the show um, when it first came out I saw maybe like a couple scenes from each episode but I didn't I wasn't invested until my first viewing in freshman year of college and um, I loved it then and then I rewatched it recently when it came out on Netflix and I love it now. Before we start I want to give a quick spoiler alert for anyone listening who has not seen all of the Avatar The Last Airbender series. Don't worry if you haven't seen Legends of Korra or The Last Airbender movie we're just going to be talking about everything from the original Avatar series. Let's get started. All right, let's start with season one, episode 17, titled The Northern Air Temple. In this episode, Aang, Katara, and Sokka try to find another airbender after learning someone saw activity at one of the air temples. They get there, they find a boy named Tio and his dad, who's a mechanic, and neither one can bend, like, at all. They're not benders. What they did see was Tio gliding using an invention his dad built, and later in the episode, they learn that the mechanic has also been working on projects benefiting the Fire Nation. Let's take a listen. You can't give them more weapons. If I don't give them what they want, they will destroy this place. How can I be proud of you and your inventions are being used for murder? I need some time to think. Madeline, this was a secret that the dad has been keeping from his son for who knows how long. If you were in this situation, so act like you're Tio, how would you react to learning this information? I would be pretty hurt. I would I would also feel pretty betrayed. I think he felt betrayed as well um, with his dad keeping this information from him. But at the same time, his dad is desperate. And, you know, it's during it's it's a wartime. It's a kid's show. But this is wartime and he's making ends meet because they're like, you know, being threatened by the Fire Nation. Annie, I'm going to put you in the shoes of the dad. Why would you agree to help the Fire Nation in the first place? I think it was to preserve his family and like the community that he has there. They didn't have anywhere else to go. And, you know, the Fire Nation, the the soldiers are pretty, pretty ruthless and they'll take advantage of you any way they can. So I would be pretty scared. I would probably do what they say because I, I don't want my family to get hurt. Madeline, would you do the same? I wouldn't. Why? World War II, guys. <laughs> World War II. 
like uh fire nation nazis like killing a whole race of people like are you gonna be the people that hide hide them jews or are you gonna turn in them jews same with the airbenders you gonna turn them in or you're gonna put them in your uh, ceiling or whatever i wouldn't like give someone away i wouldn't be like here here's an airbender but still that's like mercedes like building gas chambers for hitler during world war ii like they're a car company, but they did manufacture weapons to annihilate an entire group of people. I feel like I would not be on that side. All right, let's go to the next scenario. I'm actually skipping over season two, but this is something that actually crossed my mind early on in the series. I didn't think the writers were going to go here considering the show is marketed to children. But in season three, episode eight, titled The Puppet Master, we learn that the power of waterbending is a lot stronger than we think. I realized that where there is life, there is water. The rats that scurried across the floor of my cage were nothing more than skins filled with liquid. And I passed years developing the skill that would lead to my escape. Blood bending. So the person talking here, her name is Hama. She's a waterbender who was captured by the Fire Nation, and the way that the Fire Nation locks up waterbenders is isolating them away from water. So she discovered bloodbending as an initial defense mechanism, but turned it into something destructive. So, Annie, basic question for you. If you could bloodbend, how would you use that power? Oh, I would use it for, like, medical purposes. Because, like, I feel like that be so helpful because you know uh you can uh, if you're like a waterbender you can tell like what's wrong with the blood i'm guessing or like having to stop blood flow from someone bleeding out that kind of thing going on madeline do you think that hama did the right thing using bloodbending to escape i think there's a difference between the right thing and having justification for your actions Because she is a war prisoner for the majority of her life by a pretty brutal, uh, I guess the Fire Nation is not an organization. I don't know what to call them, really. Uh, But that's a hard question. Like, are her actions justifiable, I guess? Like, if she went to court, (laughs) how would you rule? What are the legal matters here, Madeline? (laughs) If I was in the jury of her courtroom, I would probably if we're just talking if we're just talking about her discovering that power and like executing her escape i might have a little bit of a controversial opinion here but i'm gonna justify that (laughs) um i don't think the extent to which she carries out the blood bending is justifiable um and she uses it in a method that uh, is is torture. I mean, it is torture. Um, I know those people tortured her, but that doesn't justify torture back, I don't think. Uh, I think that she is perfectly in her right to escape through those means, just because, I mean, she has those abilities. But I think she might have gone a little too far in uh, having fun with it afterwards. <laughs> Annie, do you have any thoughts? I think that she was also justified of how to how she escaped. Um, like, that was the only way for her to do it. I don't think anything else, like her 
putting those people in that mountain were okay. I <laughs> know <laughs> nothing about what she does is okay. But yeah, I I agree. I think it was, I think she was desperate and that was her way of surviving. That's a really hard question though, because you think about like someone that's in prison for like, you know, something that they did do wrong. Like she was a war prisoner that was captive and we're like, oh, well, that was the only way she could get out. But what if it was like somebody in prison for murdering someone? And we're like, well, yeah, that was the only way that they could get out. So. That, well, that's the thing that there was nothing. She didn't do anything bad yeah. beforehand. It's just like a very technical question. Nearing the end of the show, we get to the final battle where Aang has to step up to the plate and defeat the Fire Nation's leader, Ozai. Aang's in this weird position where he's the only one who has the power to defeat Ozai, but his personal ethics kind of get in the way. Maybe you can help me. Everyone, even my own past lives, are expecting me to end someone's life. But I don't know if I can do it. Okay, so basically the idea of will you murder someone? Madeline, would you like to go first? <laughs> to be honest, I would probably have murdered the fire alarm. <laughs> I probably, I, Aang is just so against the idea from the very beginning that he resorts to being like having this moment with a celestial turtle to help him. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have been as conflicted in the first place to resort to that. I feel like I would have been like, well, I don't like it, but it has to be done. Let's do this. <laughs> Annie, you're a little bit more kind-hearted, right? What would you do? Oh, I would kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Back me up. I'm more kind-hearted. Yeah, I, I would 100% kill him. <laughs> I think, like, I have a pretty short temper when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, I watch, like, I watch the Karen videos and I get heated. I'm like, Karen, gotta go. <laughs> oh, my God. You want to kill them? Um, but, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think when it, in the moment I would oh sorry no go ahead I was just I was just gonna say in the moment I'd be like oh I don't really want to take a life but like thinking about it and all the things that he's done I'd be like he deserves to kind of go <laughs> oh my gosh we're literally entering like like the death penalty the death penalty yeah I was really thinking of that because when you said that like he deserves to die I was literally thinking and I was like actually I'm against the death penalty I know, penalty. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this guy's really bad so I'm like <laughs> I don't know what to say but what makes you executioner Annie what gives you the right to become another murderer no all right this is the part of the podcast where we play would you rather Oh boy. First question. Would you rather have a flying bison or a winged lemur? Bison. Bison. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons. I mean, he'd be cute and all. And I, if it was like, would you rather have a momo or no momo? I'd be like, momo. Oh, yeah. But momo or appa? I don't know where I would put an appa, though. Like, I don't... He's not got fit in here. So. Do you have to pick up appa's poop? Like, how big are those poops? Oh my god, I didn't even think about how big his poop would be. He'd be, like, bigger than us. Do you think he poops while he's flying? And just, like, kills people <laughs> on the floor? And then, like, villages have, like, trails yeah, like, poop. mountains of oh land on groups of people and suffocate them and they die. That suck. And Aang the entire time is like, I've never killed anyone. I don't want to kill anyone. Let alone his bison husband. Death by poop. Yeah, <laughs> entire Death villages with his poop. Okay, would you rather have Uncle Iroh as your uncle or Boomy? Iroh. Iroh. I 
I feel like <laughs> Boomy's too unpredictable. <laughs> I, I need- want Boomy as like a friend, but I feel like Iroh as an uncle to be able to lift me out of those dark times. I feel like I feel like Boomy would just like encourage my like destructive tendencies, <laughs> and Iroh would like be able to like ground me. Yeah, I agree. Also with Iroh, he makes good tea. Infinite jasmine tea with that uncle. Okay, I have another one. Would you rather be trapped in Ba Sing Se with the Dai Li members or trapped in a desert library with that spirit owl? <laughs> oh, shoot. Definitely library. Yeah, the Dai Li are scary. Yeah. I feel like even the owl, as terrifying as he is, he has like... He go. He has rules to him, like the way he acts. Like you, you know how he's gonna be. Like he just don't, don't, don't mess with his books, and you're fine. <laughs> is it is it death or brainwashing? Is that the question? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I'd rather I die. Would die. Yeah. I'd I would rather die, die me and afraid than brainwashed. <laughs> okay. Would you rather have your love interest turn into a moon spirit, or have your love interest flood an entire village? Um moon probably village <laughs> just because knowing like if if my loved one flooded a village i'd be like yo we need to talk we're breaking up bye but i feel like if my loved one turned into the moon i would like never get over that i'd never love again i would yeah i would have a moon boyfriend <laughs> every night you have to see the moon that's brutal i wouldn't i wouldn't be like the cute like oh they're watching over me i would be like stop watching me like (laughs) come back to life or leave me alone i want to move on i feel like if someone that i loved flooded the village i'd just be able to drop them and learn from the situation i'd feel so guilty though (laughs) i'd be like i would i feel guilty too but it's not like they have to like stick around watching me my whole life Well, that's all for today's episode on the Backseat Watcher podcast. Thanks, Madeline and Annie, for joining me today. If you like today's episode, please subscribe. You can always follow us on Instagram at Backseat Watcher Podcast or Twitter at Backseat Watch to know when the next episode will drop. If you have a recommendation on what show or film we should cover next, leave a comment on one of our social media accounts. Until next time, thanks for listening.